We are shows what you know. We'll always watch TV. And if you think we can't, we'll watch more and you'll see. That's why the people of the web believe in Jim from Las Vegas and Jacob from Sweden. It's time to crack the case. The case of Can American Vandal Season 2 Live Up to American Vandal Season 1? One of our most favorite shows of last year and a great podcast we had discussing it. Now we're here to discuss the second season. Who is the turd burglar? It's the question on everybody's lips. But is it as big of a question as uh, who drew the dicks? Tune in to find out right now. My name is Jacob Burrows. I am Jim Scampoli, and oh my goodness, American Vandal, there's no way they could top season one, there's no way they could deliver with a season two, shows just don't do that anymore, shows come out with one good season and then they're terrible, right Jacob? That's right, well, is that right? Tune in to find out. You're already tuned in. I don't know why I keep saying that. Uh, so we're discussing season two. I do want to make this very clear. We've discussed a lot of shows recently where we didn't have to make it clear, but this will be spoiler-free until we say that there are spoilers. Yes. This is important uh, for this one. A lot of shows we do where it's like, well, it's kind of about the experience. There will be no spoilers until we get into spoilers. The only spoilers we'll do is we'll discuss the premise of the show. Did it hold up? Then we'll say, okay, now go watch it. Um and let me start by saying it holds up. I absolutely agree. It does hold up. And and you know what should also be said is that um, for the people that aren't on the American Vandal hype train, because actually I'm surprised that there's like this show, like even with season one, I mean, I guess it was uh, a hit, but not like a huge hit because I feel like I still talk to a lot of people that have no idea about this show. But if you're on the fence or some idiot, that uh, that never watched the show. Uh, it should be said that season one of American Vandal did win a uh, Peabody Award. Peabody? 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 Peabody. Uh, a Peabody Award, which is uh, awards given for, you know, great strides in entertainment or something like that. Let me pull it up. Let me pull up the exact phrasing on what the award's given to. Uh, the George Foster Peabody Award is named for American businessman and philanthropist George Peabody, honor the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories in television, radio, and online media. So mm. season one, uh, it was inevitable that the recent explosion of true crime documentaries across various media would spurn parody, but nothing else about American Vandal is inevitable. On its surface, uh, the series created by David Peralt and Tony Ascenda is a juvenile rewriting of Serial, Making a Murderer, or The Jinx, uh, using the documentary form to expose the truth about a case of spray painting vandalism in Hanover High School staff parking lot. Those were dicks. They don't say dicks for some reason. And on this level, it delights. But while the show minds the absurdity of applying serious investigative methods to a less than serious crime, the world it uncovers is never reduced to a joke. Grounded instead in the realities of high school experience, the deeper Peter and his friend Sam dig into the private lives of D Dylan and the other suspects, the more American Vandal shifts focus from the crime itself to the consequences of solving it and how the ethical questions of the true crime genre intersect with harsh realities of being a teenager in the age of social media. Uh, yeah. and that's very much in line with season two. I will say season two in a weird way, it like mixes it up a bit, but it, it tackles a lot of the same things and a lot of different things, but using the same formula but not really i know i'm like really riding the fence because it's like it's different but it's 
it's using the same methods to get there in, in a great way. Right. I feel we may have um, not introduced it properly for people who doesn't know anything about the show. What you read, though, does give a good summary of it. It's, you know, in essence, a parody of the cr- true crime genre. It's, uh, you know, a documentary or a mockumentary, I should say, that delves into who drew the dicks on all of these cars. This is season one. And, uh, you know, solving that in, in a very... Um, not convoluted way, but like like it mentioned in the re- review, there it goes into all all sorts of territory that you wouldn't expect, and most importantly, it is extremely hilarious. Like that's the first bit of it, and then on top of that, you're hit with the like, oh shit, I started caring about these characters at some point, like somewhere in the middle of the season, and I felt the same way here in season two. Um, so to give the premise of it season two i it's uh, not a spoiler at this point it is basically the crime that's being investigated is that everyone just started shitting themselves um in the cafeteria at this upper class type school and i love the element of like uh, I don't even know what to call it, but the fact that they put in an explanation for season one, you know, because season one, they have, uh, like, they start pub. It, it's so convoluted when I start talking about mm-hmm. it, but during season one, they start publishing season one online, and that affects the investigation, if that makes sense. So all within the fiction of the universe, they're releasing this documentary as they're hunting down the uh, criminal. And... They explain that here, and it's just like a, a moment, but saying like, yeah, that, that became a viral hit, and then Netflix contacted us, and that's why the graphics were so much better in the version that's on Netflix. Some people say it's not true to the original Vimeo version that we put up, and all that stuff. I just love that, because it gave such a connection, and I can completely believe that people watch this not realizing that it's fake. <laughs> yes, and it's it's such a... I mean, the devil's in the details, as Gilligan and Vince Gilligan and his gang would say. And that's one thing. Uh, well, not one. I mean, that's one of many things that American Vandal nails. The fact that they they go into details like that. And it was already a genius detail to have it in season one that, OK, yeah, if, if kids were posting this you know, true crime documentary about someone spray painting dicks on cars, it would probably go viral and then how would that affect you know the kids in the uh making the documentary and it's like a real thing that happens i mean with you know something like making the murderer uh not that they got big during the documentary but they were clearly embedded with that family um and it skews the project and it taints it in a weird way so they're playing off of real things and it makes complete sense and yes the just the detail that there would be fans that like the original before they quote sold out and went to Netflix or whatever. That's so perfect. And that's absolutely what would happen uh, if something like this really played out in the real world. And as a consequence of them getting popular with season one, they got a lot of people contacting them (laughs) saying, Oh, you should do a season two on this. No, no, you should do season two on this, all these silly things. And it's also just, even though, like you mentioned, most shows will do a great season one, and then they don't know what made season one great necessarily, and you know, or they try to do the same thing. But it has got, I will say, a, such a great built-in format for making season after season because they could go around doing silly crimes, and as long as they keep anchoring it 
in like like that quote mentioned like the real lives of real people you're gonna get drawn into it um so yeah they they get it called they get contacted to investigate a new crime one thing i will say just generally speaking this season definitely focuses less on the people behind the camera you know because season one i remember a lot about like what was happening with them their interpersonal personal relationships and here it's really like oh, we, we're off to investigate this thing. Obviously, you can see their hand and their personality behind everything that's being made. But at the same time, it focuses more on what's in front of the camera, I feel. Yes, and in a way, like, I I respect that choice so much because it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard not to be tempted to even, like, somehow work Dylan into it where he shows up because he's a minor celebrity from the Netflix thing. And they might yeah. even do that down the line. But... I respect them so much that they didn't do it here in season two. Um, And and in a a way, too, I also did miss um, what Sam and I can't even remember their names now, but I I did miss, you know, the documentary, uh, like the kids. You see them more. Yeah, Sam and Peter. I'm sorry. Uh, You do see them more like later on. It made so much more sense that they were such a part of it in season one because it was like in their school a thing happening around them so they would even they were even kind of potential suspects uh yeah. so their like relationships and how that played out made more sense with the case uh but yeah they they showed a lot of restraint because a lot of shows uh you know uh, people talk a lot about like i remember with stranger things we kind of after season 1 we were like season if they do season 2 it should be a new story and I yeah. still kind of feel like they probably should have done that, but it's so hard. It's so hard to make a thing, and especially if everyone likes it and you have all these characters and maybe you still want to play around with those characters and see where they go. But it's got to be so hard to just let that go and then just build a new thing. But it's such the right choice, and it's for the better of the show that they did that. It is. They do go a little bit into it because there is a there's not exactly like a heightened conflict between uh, Sam and... Peter. Uh, Peter. <laughs> but uh but they they do have different approaches which influences how it goes where uh like they'll get so into the investigation that they'll care more about the investigation and the game they're playing with the criminal than about actually getting justice like they're so into it so so that's an interesting aspect i will say as well when i saw the trailer for season two uh so it it involves like not just everyone shitting themselves but also an online mysterious anonymous type character called the turd burglar Mm -hmm. who is actually tormenting everyone and terrorizing this, this school with shit crimes uh it, it felt so perfect because I could tell that or I felt like there's got to be like a lot of cat and mouse stuff going on because the turd burglar, someone who posts online about their crimes, clearly wants the attention. So getting the documentary crew in there, it's so perfect for them because that's exactly what they want. And I thought I, there is a bit of that. I even thought there would have been more of them like getting pulled into it and like getting in too deep of them being toyed with by the criminal and vice versa. There wasn't as much of that as I expected. Expected, even though there was a fair bit yes um and also i mean the the show's so well done that and still so unknown that people are sharing the crime prank from the show and saying it's yeah. a real thing and so many people are believing it like there's scenes that are supposed to be from like a snapchat or an instagram story that were filmed on kids phones that's a part of the you know documentary uh 
of everyone shitting themselves at the school. Because, I mean, yeah, if you're at school, especially in this day and age, everyone's got a cell phone and a camera. Everyone starts shitting yourself. Of course, you're going to start videotaping it or taping it, cell phone taping it, taping it. Uh, but, yeah, so but people just cut that from the show and they're sharing it around being like, oh, this band camp guy spiked the class's lemonade. And everyone's like, oh, my God, best prank, not realizing it's well, I mean, there's so much fake news, but it's fake news. Yeah, and I I I read that I was or I, I viewed that it just came up in my feed so annoyed because I saw a friend of mine had commented on it. So you know, like you do on Facebook, I clicked on that, but then there's ten thousand comments. I'm just scrolling through trying to find my friend because I'm like, I have to let my friend know this isn't real. I have to check if he realizes it's real or not. Do I have to unfriend him right now? I have to find it. I couldn't find his comments, so I just kept reading these comments. They were so infuriating. Ah, yeah. oh, social media. And yes, the season delves into a lot of what social media actually means and gets surprisingly, uh, you know, deep with it. Um, but yeah, just the fact that people were like obviously commenting like oh my god that's hilarious and then other people commenting it's from american vandal season two and like actually posted like here a a, a, an image comment with the screenshot from the show on netflix and this person replied i believe it please don't take away my happiness Uh. by telling me it's fake please don't do it and then someone else saying i fucking believe it too you can fuck off i don't care the world is cruel and real things can be turned into comedy or a story of fiction when in reality it in fact did happen Um, i mean that person those people are the reason why something like the mandela effect exists because yeah. You know, they can't be told like, hey, no, you're mistaken. This is uh, from a show. They're like, no, the show probably took it from real life, I guess, is what they're trying <laughs> to say. Uh, they, they're in such denial because even, you know, like you showed me that. And I didn't know people were sharing it. And then after you showed me that, I saw a few people on my timeline sharing it, too, as if it was a real thing that happened. Uh, and then Worldstar posted it as a video <laughs> as a real th- like saying it was a real thing that happened. Uh, so Worldstar's integrity has yeah. really gone down lately. Ah, oh, do they not fact check anymore? Like in the back in the hard hitting news days of Worldstar hip hop. Uh, well, gosh, mean, and all the all the page, pages sharing them are like, like not that it matters because Netflix makes a lot of money. But I'm like, you're making so much fucking money off these Facebook posts. I yeah. need to make Facebook pages every other day. Yeah. I just need to post things, lies, fake news. It works. Well, and the thing is, um. If you're the creators of the show, I have to imagine that's kind of like a like a nice sense of pride. But then it's yeah. also got to be frustrating because it means that the all these people that think this is real are all people that aren't watching your show or don't even know your show exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do well, seem but, like but that like all marketing is good marketing. So some of those people are going to get turned onto it and like so many people have Netflix accounts that they're going to see it. They're just going to get bumped up on Netflix because they saw this video. So even if they don't realize it, they've been in contact with it, it's going to get shown to them. Hopefully, hopefully. I do feel like the show uh the show should be bigger. It deserves it. It's 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 still, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if it overtakes Cobra Kai for me because Cobra Kai is my favorite anything I've watched this year. Movie, book, uh, good, de- <laughs> good deed that happened in real life. Anything I've, that have been in front of my eyeballs and that I've heard, Cobra Kai is my absolute favorite. But American sure. Vandal Season 2 is way up there, and it, it was a tall price, to, uh, a tall price to pay, small price to pay. Tall, heavy, you know, anticipation, uh, especially coming a year after. Because usually when shows are really that good 
and then they need to follow it up. It's like something like Westworld. They take two years and then they don't follow it up uh, that well at all. But American Vandal, here we are a year later and they drop in more gold. Yes, I'm just deleting I'm... spoiler comments from the chat real quick because we oh, haven't okay. done the spoiler alert yet. It's all right, AJ. We didn't explain it. Uh, well, we did explain it, but you weren't here. It's fine. Uh, so, yes, uh, Cobra Kai is very good. But what about what about last year? Because uh, American Vandal was definitely the best new show when it came out. Yeah. Maisel, I mean, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's got to be my favorite show of last year. It's, it, but it is like those are the two shows, absolutely. which is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Um, okay. so yeah, but also now Maisel has to follow up on their season one, but anyways, follow ups, it's hard and it's very rare that people nail it, uh, coming out the gate, uh, with a second whack at it. Usually you get the, the sophomore slump, <laughs> uh, yeah. but no, it, at, the, at the end of the day, I don't know how much more we could say without getting to spoilers. I just want to say if you haven't seen either season, I mean, get on that first. I know some people, technically you could watch season two without seeing season one, but it's so much better just watch season one first. It's, there are, what, eight episodes each season. They're anywhere from like 25 to 40 minutes. It's a pretty quick watch, and it's completely worth it. Yep, and I'll say season two doesn't spoil the ending of season one. Just like we, we don't feel the, I don't feel the need to say how season one ended right now, and the show doesn't feel that in need a, either, I think. I would say in a way it does, but you're, you're right. It doesn't fully... But in a way, oh. it does by saying okay. that someone didn't do something. Okay. Well, I, I I missed that. But yes. Okay. Just watch season one first. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. They're both fairly short. You'll get through each season in a day, pretty much, if you're dedicated, and you should be because it's great. Okay. So now, th- this is the spoiler alert. We're now going to get into spoilers, or should I say, spoiler? Spoiler alert. Spoiler. But I mean, before we get to like any big reveals, um, let's talk these characters. Now, the uh, the obvious and uh, he completely deserves all the praise. Demarcus is such a great character. He really fills in that gap that we're missing without Dylan. Because um, especially like the first two episodes, they're still really good. But it's a, a little bit drier because they're really yeah. like... And that's part of the charm is because they're taking this ridiculous thing because it's such a gross, insane prank and they they have to have shots of shit on the floor and people shitting. But they're playing it so straight and obviously that's where the humor is. But we don't have that fun, dumb character to say stupid shit all the time until we get to episode three when DeMarcus shows up. And DeMarcus is great. But I still... And and everyone's uh, singing praise on DeMarcus. Clearly deserves it. But I feel like Kevin is such a great character as well. And he's getting kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. Uh, I, but, but when you said, when you started saying like, oh, so well-deserved, I thought you were going to bring up Kevin because the way he does it is so great too because we all know someone like Kevin. We Or maybe we've all been Kevin yes. to a certain extent at some point in our lives. We haven't all been DeMarcus, like, for <laughs> fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, they're, they're both great and they're both... Uh, like it's great how they're two sides of the same coin in a way. Uh, again, not to get into any big reveals yet. We have given the spoiler alert, so we will just randomly now soon, I'm sure, mention how it all ends. But like, we'll hold off a little bit. And basically, Demarcus, the way he is is so interesting because he's a great guy and he's a dick. But he's a great guy. But he's a douche. But he's so great. Yeah. Like, right? It's such a great balance. Yes, because he's he. 
he's always acting like he's cool with everyone and and to an extent he is but he's also really passive aggressive uh and anytime he anytime he's gonna say low-key about someone he's gonna talk bad about them uh or he talks about like you know I, i don't feel like it's you know, I'm not above anyone, but I'm always like looking down on them, uh, like stuff like that. And I guess that actor, Melvin Gregg, he he got big on Vine. And I thought everyone on Vine was a piece of shit. But maybe <laughs> there is hope for uh, some of these Vine stars being put in the right project and uh, being able to really kind of kill it. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, as we see the story play out, uh, Kevin McLean initially takes the fall as the turd burglar. And uh, they play up the like false confessions we've seen it in these true crime uh documentaries so much and there's even netflix has a series specifically on uh how you can't trust any confession basically <laughs> like it's all yeah bullshit uh and yes we see it play out here with kevin mclean and it's like he's a you know he's on the spectrum but they don't I, I was waiting for them to really try to like lean into that hard but they don't and that's what i really like because, you know, he could be on the spectrum. He might not be. He's just a weirdo who became a weirdo in school, so you lean into it. And, yes, I've known so many kids like that, and I've been that kid as well, where sometimes it's yeah. like you don't fit in, so you're like, well, fine. I'm going to be the kid that doesn't fit in, then. that's my thing. And, yeah, what he's the fruit ninja, and they throw yeah. fruit at him, and he plays it, plays up, uh, plays it up. And I like how they first introduce it as a bullying thing because it is. But then from his point of view, it's like, no, I mean, at least I'm getting attention like this is I'm going to make it a fun thing. And it, and I guess it really is a fun thing for him, even though it's not. <laughs> yeah, not at times. And it's funny, too, because that's some like the writers of this show. I know it seems simple, but they had to come up with that. And that's such a good idea. Uh, well, <laughs> in, a, in the dumbest sort of way, that's like a, such a viral vine idea that would have been popular or weird uh weirdly popular online uh and they just put that in this but it's not just that it's a fun thing that could have been great online stuff it's also this is part of the story and this shows different aspects of the character like the fruit ninja like you mentioned it comes in like he's being bullied then it shows like no i i I identify as the fruit ninja i love being that and like shows him poning it when he's cutting stuff out fruit out out of the air and then later again like no one really wants to be the fruit ninja like yeah it it actually adds to it this silly little thing and and it's just kind of like okay well fine i'll i'll take it you know yeah no one really wants to be the fruit ninja but in the end fine i'll do it whatever if if that's my thing then that's my thing and and just like how he becomes a quirky kid what he does you know, he does his tea reviews and he loves tea and just the little things like how he was won't use an iPhone. And he's that guy that talks about like, oh, of course I would use an iPhone if I want to be locked into an ecosystem. <laughs> uh, Android is clearly the superior, the superior operating device. system. Uh, and, and then like his thoughts on Rick and Morty. Ah, there's uh. so many great moments. And again, like the other side of it is Marcus and Marcus has so many great moments um because he you know like i used it on my show jim and them when he brings squeak in i was laughing so hard because he's talking about how he's clearly the star of the basketball team but he's like but you know i'm no more important than squeak here and he just brings this little like white kid in and he's like you know i might score like 36 points 
like eight rebounds, just nasty. But Squeak, what do you get? You get like two, three free throws. Uh, low key, I don't even know why he plays basketball, but still, <laughs> we're all part of the team. It's uh, like so, gr- so many great moments to really flesh these characters out. Uh, and yeah, they become so lovable. And then you're like really invested in who was the turd burglar. And I kind of don't want my favorite character to character to be the turd burglar. Yeah. And another great thing about DeMarcus is like the way he is in the school, the way he has a handshake with everyone and they're all different. Uh, and like complicated things that makes him like stand out in everyone's mind. And he is like fantastic, but he's not, one of them not really and like people are like the part of the theory of if it was him it was like he's actually he actually resents these people and he does in a weird way but he doesn't he's he like loves them but he feels detached from it but everyone loves him and then his relationship with his best friend too is great the way that develops and like we see what that's actually like behind the scenes because it seems like and i forget his name uh but his friend there is like a his his personal butler or driver it seems like and then it turns out well no he's actually more uh like his manager uh manipulating him more than anything meaning that he's even more alone than he seems yes where like he yes he's looking out for him but he's only he's looking out for him for selfish reasons because he's just kind of wants to attach himself uh, to his, you know, uh, rising star, basically. Um, yep. And that really plays into DeMarcus's character because, yeah, it's all about uh, how he doesn't know who legit wants to be his friend and who just wants to be around the whole DeMarcus, you know, show. And, yeah, I, I like that they, they touch on um, in a real way, of course, like, he is brought from a worse neighborhood to this like really affluent, nice, rich school because of his skills as a basketball player and kind of what that means. They don't quite make a big judgment on if it's bad or not, but it's just it would definitely be a part of his character and, and how he uh, reacts or uh, interacts with other people. Because a lot, I, I have seen a lot of praise because they mentioned code switching. Like they talk about how he'll talk different to the white kids at his school then he would talk to i guess people in his neighborhood and i guess more yeah. specifically the show kind of just focuses on i guess using the n-word which makes sense um but i like that it's not a big thing they're not making this big statement about it they're just kind of saying like well this is kind of a thing that would happen this is how this character would have to uh basically survive uh in these different worlds that he lives in yeah um, and even though we've given the spoiler warning, I, I kind of want to go through more of the middle stuff of the show before we get into the ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kevin's great. Demarcus is great. Um, what else is going on? Because it's like those are the two big pillars of the show where it goes back and forth between them. And without getting into the details of it, I did also feel along the way well, it can't be DeMarcus or Kevin, like, because we're spending so much time on these theories and just knowing how this sort of show would work, it, it couldn't. I felt like it couldn't end with like, and it was this guy, the guy we thought half the show was the guy. Um, well, I do, mean, they, we, yeah. one of the other major players is um, uh, Jenna Hawthorne. We we touch on her a little bit at the beginning, and then we don't kind of come back to her till towards the end. But she's the, you know, she's all about the clout. She's all about her Instagram and kind of shaping this perfect life. Um, yeah. 
And then what she gets exposed for faking a picture with uh, Kendall Jenner or something. One of the one of the Jenners or Kardashians. It's pretty funny because it's kind of like, oh, me and my best friend. But then they find out she waited, what, five hours in line to get a picture. Uh, and then she's kind of looked down upon for that uh, because it's I mean, obviously, and it makes complete sense because social media is a big deal for everyone in general. Never mind you know, going through your high school hallways and trying to be cool and then also having to be cool even in your downtime because you can't have no clout on your on your uh, Finsta. You need to look good there as well. So it, it, I th- it tackles it in such a great, realistic way. Yeah, and I mean, the, the thing that Jenna Hawthorne posted was such a thing that someone would put up as a joke, you know, mm-hmm. of like... Uh, me with Mark Hamill, like just hanging with my best friend Mark Hamill, and I would put that up if I had a picture <laughs> with Mark Hamill. You do, Jim. I don't. Yeah. Um, but if I did, I would put it up like, oh, just me and my best friend Mark Hamill. Um, but no one would think I was being serious because I I don't have other pictures on my Instagram of me being on an expensive yacht and all these other things. So I guess that's why people thought she was actually lying. But either way, it shows how just the smallest thing will just fuck up your life <laughs> yeah uh, in your school um well and especially and, yeah. on that because we get into um like kevin's uh, history and i mean it's such a real thing i mean in my school there was a kid who was named poopa because he shit his pants in like second grade and we were well out of high school and he was he's poopa like he's still poopa it doesn't change I mean, yeah. he's not with us anymore. <laughs> God rest his soul. I mean, he has passed okay. on, but he was Poopa, right. and he was always Poopa. So it's such a real thing, like, because we get into Kevin, and it's not even necessarily maybe he didn't shit his pants because it's debatable. Uh, they they go into how, you know, they were, all pl- they were playing soccer or something at gym class, and he sat down, and when he sat up, it looked like he had shit on his ass, but it could have been grass stains. And it stuck with him. And then I love the element of it came back because it was like a Facebook on this day popped up in someone's feed. And I didn't never even thought of that because we all have the goofy old like, oh, remember this dumb status I did five years ago. But just imagine you're in high school and now you're getting a hey, remember on this day everyone called you shit pants or whatever the fuck. Uh, Shit stain McLean. Yeah, yeah. shit stain McLean. Here's a nice reminder of that. Um, so I, it's such a real thing and what, what a more modern spin on it, like in case something, maybe you lucked out and it kind of got out of everyone's mind and now you're in high school and people forgot, but then here's Facebook to remind you. Yeah. And with everything going on, of course, Kevin is initially turned in by his best friend. And I was thinking, even though we don't get as much of the people behind the camera and the drama there as we did in season one, that's still... I guess that gap is kind of filled by Kevin and his two friends, one of whom's a girl, one of whom's a boy. They got like a love triangle going on, but then they also have a band. And uh, I love the little kid that Kevin gets to to go in the band because he kicks his best friend out and and puts this little kid in the band. And he's teaching him how to drink tea and produce a vapor in his mouth and all these things uh, from the tea. And uh, yeah, so so that's all filling out the same thing where more evidence comes to light of... uh, actually showing his friend there that he was wrong about Kevin. Um, well, so and it, yeah. and it, like, yeah, the Chloe character, like 
because the way the show, the way they play the mystery is so straight, like you really get invested and start like wondering, you know, you're like, oh my God, who is the turd burglar? What's going on? And since Chloe is like the character that brought uh, Sam and Peter over to do the investigation, I was somehow like, what are her motives here? What is she up to? Yeah. What's going on? Because uh, really, they really keep you second guessing. I mean, we should call out... Um, the Grayson character, and I like how they introduce him because they are they're play, they're going into all everyone's live obvious life obviously, and whether it be some of the privileges they may have, and he's introduced as kind of um like a parallel to uh, Demarcus's character because they're showing how Demarcus and the guy he looked up to who loved pranks. The other athlete who, uh, what was his big prank? He was messing with... Um, he was, was messing with night- a girl. He, he stole the mascot suit and he was made an Instagram talking in fancy old-timey speak <laughs> about how he wanted to fuck this one girl yes. over and over and over, yeah. Yes, and you know nothing happened to him because he was a basketball player. And I like that they do show like that it is pretty fucked up and how it would affect someone in school. I mean, it affects someone in real regular life anyways, but never mind in high school. And then Grayson, what, he logged on to people's Twitters and tweeted stuff uh, like, would I have uh, gonorrhea or something like that? I have STDs. It was chlamids. Like, chlamids, yes. Like, can't believe this guy gave me chlamids. <laughs> uh, something like that. And he got expelled. <laughs> bit of um, bit of hypocrisy there, of course. Like, that's a big thing as well. You're, you're protected if you're... Uh, you know, you're on the basketball team or whatever. As we just saw, I mean, we we host a Sopranos podcast, Cut to Black. AJ Soprano and his friends trashed the pool, and uh, he's good on the football team, so nothing happened to him. It's, uh, yeah, that, supposedly. Yeah. That's another mystery, whether he's actually good on the football team. That's a case <laughs> I'm trying to crack here. Uh, don't throw me any spoilers, but yeah. And okay, I, I mean... Well, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to no, say... No, you go ahead. All right, I was just going to say, and we should call out that the uh, the turd burglar did not commit just the brownout. There was the brownout. Uh, then there was, what, the T-shirt gun one, where basically they filled the T-shirt guns with cat shit. So when they shot yeah. shirts into the crowd, they sprayed them with cat shit. Uh, then there was a mystery uh, third um, uh, happening that we weren't that I like how it develops because they kind of you figure mean, out the new clues. Oh, good. Well, it's the poop poop pinata is the oh third the poop one. pinata. I'm sorry. So yeah, the fourth one yeah. was the one that they were like, oh, there was a missing uh, turd yeah. burglar attack, but we find out that the faculty covered it up because they got one of the teachers to eat uh, cat shit uh, covered in chocolate. <laughs> It is great as well how they have a, a school that's very different from the previous school. I can only imagine, I mean, this is their senior project. Season three of American Vandal, it's got to be like college, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to be. But either way, it's a good contrast because, like you mentioned, the school is covering this up. They're a very fancy institution. They can't, like, they're in the news and everything. Half the people here are like senators, daughters, or whatever. Um, so that adds an interesting aspect to it. Uh, I'm about to get into the ending now, so yeah. like, turn it off if you haven't watched it. Just watch it and get back to it, okay? I'm about to say yeah. all the stuff about the ending. So, I was thinking early on, of course I didn't quite crack the case. They did a good job, again, of misdirecting you like they always do. But I was thinking very early on that this sort of online persona, this sort of mastermind 
it seemed almost like he could be blacking ma- blackmailing people into doing the shit, so to speak, for him. I didn't put it together, obviously, but I did think that I did even think of isn't it? I didn't watch it, but there's that one like the new documentary series about like mastermind or evil genius um, about someone who was like forcing people to do bank robberies by putting bombs on them yeah, or something yeah. like that. Evil genius. Yeah. Yep. So, so that was just popping up in my head of like, if it is a real evil poop genius behind this, there's probably some blackmailing going on. And there was, uh, but in a, in a more interesting way, like thematically speaking, than I first imagined. Yes, yeah, and I, I wasn't really putting that together, but I was thinking like there's definitely more than one person involved in what's going on here. That was kind of my thing that I yep. was uh, latching onto as far as the the mysteries concerned. And yeah, because as the show goes, like in the beginning, you know, they're getting into uh, the the false confessions. I like that they didn't worry about getting too into the you know, political power structure of the school. Like, it's touched on a bit because uh, Kevin is kind of coerced into his confession, um, but we never really hear from that teacher, which makes sense. Why would that teacher sit down and talk to them? So that's kind of yeah. all played well. And then we get into, you know, the, the students and just the standard high school politics, like we already talked about, uh, between how DeMarcus acts and how Kevin gets treated and just how people... Uh, in high school and, you know, it doesn't end in high school people, how they uh, treat each other. And then we start getting into catfishing because that becomes the major push uh, as we get to the climax here um, where, uh, I mean, we'll just say it, Grayson Wentz is the one behind it all. He's we, we meet him earlier in the season. He was expelled from school and now he works at a mall kiosk fixing phones uh, which comes in handy because he gets his hands on a uh, a girl's phone and takes all her information and uses that to catfish, uh, you know, our our characters we've we've uh, grown to love. Um, and I like that it just kind of all it's just played off. It's playing off of everyone's loneliness. Everyone has a different version of loneliness, and you're just looking for a connection. And you, sometimes you get stuck with these fake connections through social media. Yeah, and they they do a good job of dropping him in early. Where it's not just that he, it's because in these types of shows, you're always like every new character. You're like it, it, they they can't have too much screen time, but they have to be there enough mm-hmm. for them to then be the murderer later or whatever. And when he pops in, it's great because it's really to underline a point about demarcus so it's like he's there but he doesn't stick in your mind because he's there like for contrast just to say that oh this 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 is what usually happens this guy is like a throwaway thing and it it moves on and obviously looking back on it like "Mm, that's genius um and i also kind of liked how last season it felt like um and again i'm not going to spoil it exactly but who drew the dicks was a big deal and here it's pretty much like it's there's like almost there, there's a full episode left by the time we figure out who is the turd burglar. Yeah. So that's obviously part of it, figuring out the crime. But it's not that shows that this show is more than just that because we figure that out and there's still story happening and developing um, as far as getting into why he did it and how his 
final action, the dump, and everything leading up to it affects the characters around it, him and everything. So so they did a good job of varying it from season one, I thought. Yes, yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, like, it's played, uh, like, it's obviously a similar sense of humor, but a lot of the humor is played different this season. And because yeah. uh, season one gets to the same type of, like, more emotional and kind of like heartbreaking. I mean, I got, I don't, I guess I don't want to spoil season one, but if you listen to our episode, where we talk about it, you know, uh, it comes to a real place and this season plays along with that a lot more. Uh, and I mean, I don't want to say better, but it, it's clear they are always interested in exploring like the real, uh, teenage dynamics, whether it be with each other or with the adults in their lives, and they're 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 nailing it. They're still they're still doing it. Yeah, um, because and, and it all feels so weirdly uh, relevant. Like we mentioned, they get into social media. You t- tweeted something along the lines of like, "Damn, American Vandal season two making me all emotional," and I was like, "Jim's crazy. Jim's <laughs> Jim's crazy," and. Even up until, like, the penultimate episode, I felt like that. But then they get into all these characters we've already met and gotten to know. How were they all catfished? How were they all drawn into this? What led up to their decisions? And they all feel so lonely, but it all parallels one another. And, um, like, the the makers of the documentary get to, to thematically tie it together, which is what you'd do if you were making it a documentary too, which is great. But, like, they get to make a point about social media because it has been a theme throughout the season, even if we didn't quite pick up on it as much as it is at the end there because yeah Grayson goes ahead and dumps everyone's uh like naked pictures and everything uh on there and uh yeah it all messes everyone up and Kevin fucking Kevin man yeah fucking Kevin he did it after all yeah he did the he did it and he didn't even get blackmailed for it. And I was like, you motherfucker, Kevin? Kevin? I feel like that's why he's even more tragic, though. Um, well, because as we find out, yeah, Grayson's behind it, but he blackmailed DeMarcus um, because he's got his dick pic. And he also blackmailed, um, I'm spacing on her name now. I just said, oh, Chloe. Jenna. Uh, or Chloe. is it Jenna? No, yeah, oh. Chloe's the girl that invited them. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Jenna. Um, uh, which is which is uh, kind of fun too because when they first introduced Jenna, I almost laughed when she was like kind of talking about that she was a lesbian or whatever because I was like, oh, I thought they were playing it as a joke, like she was looking for attention. But then it plays out as a real plot point uh, later on because she gets catfished. Um, but yes, yeah, so Jenna is blackmailed because of her nudes, and Demarcus is blackmailed because of his nudes. But with Kevin, it's just that he was that lonely like he he wanted the connection that bad that he 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 and he thought it was so real that he would just do it because someone he you know thought he loved basically asked him to um and i don't know to me that it just it was more tragic and then when he has that moment where uh, i'm skipping ahead a little bit but where he's saying like you know it was been a tough year but i think next year is going to be better and then he asks like sam and peter like i'm getting choked up to like keep in touch (laughs) i was like oh man this poor kid like i can't blame i can't be mad at him for doing it even though it does suck that he did it and i was rooting for him not to do it i i mean i 
I guess it adds up because he didn't know how bad it was going to be. He never wanted to be the turd burglar. He didn't have a maniacal plan. He, it was just like a prank to him to get back at everyone. And then the look on his face when they ask, like, and was it, did it turn out the way you wanted? And he's like, no, because <laughs> it was so much worse than anything he anticipated. So, of course, after that, he's like, do, 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 life's good. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need to do anything. But then. Another thing that's so genius that they put in early in his confession in like episode one, he when they ask like uh, when he does the confession, he says he did it, and then they ask and the second thing, and he's he's prompted to keep going. I had the thought then of like, well, it sounded like maybe he was telling the truth about him doing it one thing, but not the rest of it. But that was so subtle that it didn't stay in my brain until the end when it reconnected of like, shit, yeah, he did do the first thing, but he was just, he was lying about the other stuff. And, and the confession, obviously, they were asking like, how did you get the poop in the pinata? And he was just he like doesn't this, know. he's been in there yeah. for hours. Like, no, 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 no. And they just prompt his confession and so on. But that was such a, just a tiny moment of like, him saying yes i did it and it's almost like a release for him and then they prompt him to keep confessing and he just does because he has to uh that was a great moment too yes and um i like the the i believe the characters drew uh the one who is the like he has his pictures released where he's a baby and then he has uh <laughs> Uh, he has that other video that's released where they don't even show it, where they keep having to be like, how did you do that? Like, how did you, uh, you know, get so flexible or whatever? And I like it's played for, for laughs, but it's also just another, he's the poor kid that's friends with girls, but you know, to most, most like macho dudes, it's like, oh, I wish I was him hanging out with chicks all day. But then he's looked upon as so um you know non-threatening like what the girls make comments like yeah i changed in front of him uh and he just wants he wants just someone to respect him maybe a little bit so he dresses up like a baby and does weird sex stuff but he did not do the brownout yeah and uh I knew when, as soon as they showed like the censored video thing, I knew they were never going to make it clear what it was. <laughs> yeah. But it's still funny when they're all like bringing up like, so how did you, like, how much time did that take to get right? And and stuff like that. It, it still works the way they never bring up what was actually happening in it, in the video. Because they know our imagination is way better than what they could put on there. Well, and even like what, uh, in the last episode, like talking about details, like, I kept rewinding and pausing it so I could read some of the texts that they weren't. I read every text. I read yes. the texts that were like far away on the screen. Yep. Like you had to pause it at the start. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the same thing. Cause, and then there's there's so many uh, great little nods in there. Again, because like bringing up Kevin's um, like Rick and Morty stuff. Like I think he, he's going on a rant about how, you know, in the new seasons it's not as good. And that like Jerry's a misunderstood character on uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> Uh, it's so great. There's there's a lot of good stuff that they just kind of bypass really quick because obviously in a documentary, they're not going to read every text. They kind of highlight a few, but if you pause it, you can read the conversations. And then even like, again, like some of the lonely ones that, you know, whether it be DeMarcus or Kevin just talking about how, you know, people don't understand and little like personal moments. That's why it, you know, is like heartbreaking and really emotional by the end. Yeah. And I see here, yeah, at the very end, we do skip forward a bit and we see DeMarcus 
he, he, you know, he had this balance of douche and best guy, and he's so tipping over into best guy after having like after being brought down a peg or two by having the world see his big dick, dick pick. <laughs> and it is rough for him because he is, you know, he he's gonna be a professional basketballer. I don't know if this actually fucks that up completely. I think it just partially does. Yeah. But the thing he describes of like. Oh, I need to get back to doing like basketball. That's what I love, not like being a star, but actually just playing the game. Like I've felt that way about other things in my life as well. I can so relate to him. And he talked about how when he's playing basketball, he's in charge, and but the rest of the time, I'm never in charge. It's like I'm on the bench. But I just decided to live that way all the time. And I don't know. It's just great to see him decide what school he's going to and playing ball in the park with the kids where before that would have been something like i need to get this for my insta yep so everyone thinks i'm a good guy but no he's just a good guy and all these people are fake people and it's a story someone made up but i'm like i'm so glad he got better like there's yeah. character development in this mockumentary and i you know i thought mockumentaries were dead we all did and it's definitely on the comeback yeah yeah i agree and he has like a great moment when they talk to him in the car and then they but they perfectly like uh ended on the like did you look at my dick did you see my dick man it's like well we're doing the documentary we kind of have to and he's like well see that's what i'm talking about you know you've seen my dick <laughs> uh but yeah it, it, they all re oh wait hold on I, I think i found i just wanted to see his rick and morty um yeah even though yeah, what is it you're possibly uh, what does it say you're possibly right rick and morty is just vastly superior in every conceivable way even though I do feel it's drifted from science fiction to farcical fantasy. And then, yeah, this, <laughs> then I believe uh, the response. I couldn't agree more. Early on, it's so insightful in ways I'm sure Nick would never understand. Like Jerry seems like the worst character because he's the butt of Rick's world. But in truth, he has the gra greatest character of all, a family he loves. Uh, oh, he has the greatest character of all, a family he loves. We should want to be more like Jerry. And then, yeah, Kevin's like, exactly. The first two seasons were so smart because these complex multiverse plots drive the story. Uh, but really, it was about the human condition uh, in, a, in a way a Family Guy fan would never understand. And it's great, too, because <laughs> the Dylan character is kind of the Kevin character, but pushed just, you know, to the extreme. And I do I even feel for his character, even though he does like the worst thing and he does the dump and releases all those people's personal information. But I feel for him because he just didn't have someone he didn't have someone either. So he just retreated into this world of revenge. Uh, but that's why he could really relate to these people. I mean, especially Kevin, because he's like the same person. Yeah. And, you know, in the catfishing messages at the end, he always tells like he he says something mean to them. But his last message to Kevin is like. Uh, but why he's the worst but he ends it with like you're full of shit just like me yeah. like because he sees himself in kevin and they were friends at one point and uh yeah and then the documentary crew gets to make it uh, uh, uh you know a point that we all retreat into our digital uh, fortresses we're the first generation that gets to live twice and the curated nature of it and you create your own version of who you would like to be and put that out there but it's a mask but they say like 
in a way the mask lets us develop who we want to be behind it because we're not always exposed to it and then when people pierce behind it can be hurtful or it can be great and uh, it does go places this show and uh, wow yeah I look forward to the college years yeah the end monologue is so great and you know uh, we're not the worst generation we're just the most exposed I think is one of the things he says as well and like perfectly it's it's that weird thing too where it ends so great and it really puts such a button on what the show's trying to say. Much like coming out of season one, I'm almost like, I don't know where, you know, do you even need to do another season? Like what more is there to say? But they've, they've killed it twice that I have complete faith. Cause I think when I, I haven't re-listened back, but I almost think when we finish season one, we, in our show, we say, Ah, we don't really want American Vandal season two, but we want to see more from these creators. I'm, I'm almost positive yeah. that's what we said, but here we are, yeah. and I will say that we were completely wrong because season two is so great. But now, I'm, I'm, but I, I am at that point where I'm like, you did it, you know, don't do another one. But you know, hey, do another one because you guys are awesome at it. But you're the guy in the casino, like, you just won twice, and you're walking out the door. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here, like, put it on red. Put it on red, because I want the next season. But I think they've shown that they can do a great mix, because we're always, like, maybe they should make the next season an anthology. I think that would be better, actually. Yeah. We say that a lot. <laughs> uh, but then at the same time, we love these characters. We want to spend more time with them. They've got a great mix going here to the point where, okay, Make five seasons and then quit. Like, you yeah. gotta stop at some point. But I feel like they explored something totally different in this season and they can pick a different topic and tackle it next year. Uh, at least that's, I, I have that faith in them. I don't know what could be as relevant, really, because they've done social media for young people. And since the show is so intrinsically tied up with the internet and everything like that, I'm not sure what the next season would be about or what type of crime it would be. You'd have to think of something very ridiculous. And it can't be, like, I guess one risk is they have to top this season, make something even more ridiculous. Eventually we'll just get to real crimes. Like (laughs) when they just keep amping it up. So this was a murder. So we got to this point, someone's actually dead now. So uh, they do have that joke in like the first episode. It's pretty funny where they're talking about all the cases that were submitted. And it's like, you know, this person burned dicks in the field and, this person put dicks here, and then this one was an actual murder. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more praise I can throw up on this yeah. show, but it's really great. Uh, I definitely need, I, I kind of want to go back and rewatch the first season and watch this season again. And, I mean, if you went against our wishes and listened to the spoilers, it's still worth watching. I don't – I mean, it, obviously it's better, I feel, to go along with the mystery, but I don't think it hurts it either because you could still watch it and it'd still be really great i would say yeah and you know go watch season one uh because we didn't spoil that one yet i think so uh go watch that and by the time you get to season two you'll probably forgot what we said anyway so it's fine true um but if you have any thoughts on other shows we should cover you could leave that in a review on itunes on shows what you know just let us know what shows you'd like us to discuss your favorite one, maybe. Put it in a review on iTunes. You could also contact us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com if you want to let us know your thoughts on American Vandal or any other shows that you have that we might be discussing in the future. That's showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. Yeah, and I mean, most of our shows, we have a thing 
we say at the end, and now I'm at a loss because here we are finishing up just a general discussion on the show. So I'm just going to say, you been shitted. See you later, everybody. (laughs) Later.